what it was like getting his first MLS contract with the Nashville Soccer Club, what makes professional athletes different, how to live in the present moment, how to not let the emotional roller coaster of a season get the best of you, how to stay ready for any opportunity that comes your way, how to not take yourself too seriously, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 433 with MLS player for the Nashville Soccer Club, Taylor Washington. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals get closer to the best version of themselves because when they do, not only are they better off, but their friends, family, community, and ultimately the world are better off because of it. One way that we do this is through the 10-week transformation where we help individuals build the healthy habits that transform their self-confidence, transforms their body, and transforms their life. If you're interested in building self-confidence and healthy habits, then go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT. Again, nickcarrier.com slash the number 10 WT. Today, you guys are going to get such a motivating and uplifting interview with Taylor Washington. Taylor is in his third year with Nashville Soccer Club, and he primarily plays the left back position. He's appeared in 31 major league soccer matches in his entire career. In this interview, he talks about why he wanted to become a professional soccer player in the first place, which is much different from what you normally hear. He also talked about what it was like getting his first MLS contract and so much more. But before diving into the episode, be sure you're subscribing to the Best You Podcast on the Apple Podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and be sure you share the episode with a friend while you're listening. All you have to do is send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, then I would love it if you leave a five-star rating and review. But without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Taylor Washington. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast today. I am really excited to be joined by the one and only Taylor Washington. Taylor, I just want to start off by saying thanks so much for uh, spending the time with me today during your recovery day. No, dude, I'm, I'm super stoked. Um, I think we go back a little bit further because I remember seeing you at Boost back in the day. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, so super excited since it was you. I was like, heck yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, man, no doubt. No doubt. So the way I kind of want to start off today, Taylor, is getting a little bit more of your backstory getting into the game. I kind of understood that, you know, you played all, obviously all throughout high school and then one year at Boston University and then a few years at George Mason University. And I think a lot of times when you see a professional athlete, you think the traditional thought in their head is they have the dream as a little kid that they want to play that professional sport. And then when they get to high school and college, that dream just grows and grows and I really want to make it to that next level. But from what I understand is that wasn't necessarily your path. You didn't really think that becoming a professional soccer player was really wanted what you wanted to do maybe until maybe like senior year of college. And, and from what I understood is you saw this My Wish episode on, on SportsCenter, I think on ESPN, and you're like, man, this soccer goalie had such an impact on this kid, and this is something that I could have a platform for and maybe have an impact on, on other people's lives as well. So I want you to take us down a little more of the decision-making process and, and like the thought process in your head of like, okay, this is definitely something I'm actually going to go go for. Yeah, you did your homework. Wow. Not a lot of people know that story about me. <laughs> but yeah, that was pretty much 
what sort of transcended my desire to be a professional athlete. You know, when I was at Boston University, you know, I'd come off of being, you know, rated number one player in New York State, tons of accolades, different things. And when I got to BU, I was sick with mononucleosis. And that season for me was one of the toughest years of my life. Um, I was struggling in school. I was struggling off the field. I was struggling a little bit on the field. And I really had an identity crisis. And I'll never forget, it was towards the end of the first semester. And I met with my like, academic advisor. And I had missed so many classes just from like, I'd wake up, train, and then I would be so exhausted from the mono. And I didn't know I had mono at the time. Uh, I would like go back and crash for like four or five hours and miss a class or two. Little did I know that that affected my GPA big time. But, uh, you know, I didn't miss too many classes. But when I did, the teacher would be like, you know, you're doing well enough in school. Like you seem like you have an intelligent brain, but it just seems like a disconnect. And um, I went and got tested, um, found out that I had dyslexia. And then what really sort of changed my life is that I had a a special encounter with, with the Lord, you know, like I was sort of like sitting at this desk and my academic advisor at the time was like, you either have to withdraw from school or you have to get like a two nine GPA minimum to stay at BU. And I remember just thinking to myself, wow, I feel so much anxiety, so much, so much just weight on my shoulders. And this like, it was sort of like Paul on the way to Damascus, like this gold light hit me. Hadn't thought about going to church. Hadn't thought about like, anything along those lines. And the next thing I know is, is like, I'm throwing myself into Sunday morning mass and, you know, trying to get to know the Lord better. And slowly his hand over my life, like changed everything. You know, I transferred from Boston University, found out I was dyslexic, was able to get like a a three, nine GPA becoming a bio major. Um, And that was my real goal is I always wanted to be a surgeon. Um, My grandmother was very sick growing up and I watched enough Grey's Anatomy that I thought, dang, that's a really cool show. And I wanted to like help people. You know, that was always sort of my goal. And, you know, God put things in my life that have sort of on the way, on the way, I always thought it was like, man, I'm failing, man, I'm doing this. But he was actually sharpening me and making me go down his path. And when I was going into my senior year, I was training with DC United. I was the captain of the team at the time, but I, I hadn't thought about like pro, you know, like I trained with the first team. And I, I remember I pulled into the training facility and I was like, these guys are getting massages and they're doing this and they're driving Benzes. And I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. But, you know, still, like my thought wasn't, I want to be a pro athlete. And I remember one day I came home and I was watching a Joe Hart Make-A-Wish video and I burst into tears. I was like so overwhelmed by like what this was able to do for a young child who had cancer. Like he didn't have any pain that day. He didn't have any worries about the the cancer that was going on like he just was immersed in the moment and enjoying being around someone that he loved and admired and i was like if i can do that lord for one kid you know like then i know that like my life will mean something and you know it was it was god answered my prayer you know like i went i went pro the following year and um, i met a young boy named dominic who had brain cancer and you know as much as i would like to say i touched his life he changed my life in, in more ways than ever I can imagine. And it made being a professional athlete mean so much more. And yeah, it's, it's kept me going to this day. Yeah. Well, I think that's really important that you establish that at such an early point in your professional career, a reason for being a professional athlete outside of just the fact that you're an athlete, because I think that's what a lot of people, what a lot of people go through. And ultimately, 
when a professional athlete retires, if they never had any meaning outside of being an athlete in the first place, then they don't have anything to sustain them moving forward. And for you to do that at such a young age, uh, it's, it's super admirable. I want—I kind of want to stick to the the soccer career a little bit further in the beginning, though. You said you turned professional right after that, but then it took a little bit uh, of time, I guess, until 2017 when you got you know, signed with the National Soccer Club, but that that time it was still the USL. And then a couple of years later, uh, when they transitioned to the MLS, you were one of a few people that got signed to an MLS contract. So tell me a little bit about what that was like going from USL to then MLS contract. Like, was that something that you were expecting? Was that something that was like, holy crap, this is awesome? Tell me a little bit about that, that moment. I'll be completely honest. I remember when I came down to Nashville, my agent at the time, he said, you know, Nashville's getting a soccer club and or a soccer team. And I was like, that's sick. Where? And I was like, he's like Nashville, Tennessee. And I was like, oh, sick. Okay, cool. And uh, I was, I had an option in my contract where I was, but the coach, it was wild. It was wild how God worked. Like the coach gave us an, an opportunity to either say yes or no to whatever decision they made. So like, if they wanted to pick up my option, they're going to ask me beforehand, Hey, do you want us to pick it up? Um, and that's what went with me. I said, with all due respect, like, I would love for you to decline it. Um, I think I would rather pursue playing somewhere else. And when I came here, like, my goal was just to to live each day in that moment. Like, I didn't think about MLS, you know, my like, at the time, I was fighting for just even a starting position. And I'd come from a team where, you know, we, we weren't doing great, but I was playing a ton. And now Nashville in the USL had a ton of great players at different positions. All, and like it was like we had a deep roster and I think making the 18 at the time was even a thought I was like oh I just really want to make the 18 and then I want to fight for my starting 11 spot and the thought of transitioning to MLS never even really crossed my mind like mm-hmm. I was just sort of like oh am I going to play in this game am I going to impact the team positively am I going to be able to do these things either in the community or this or that and after two years I remember I stepped into the trailer at Ensworth and Mike and Gary I was one. Of, I think I was one of the last meetings. They're like, "We're going to be taking you with you to MLS." And I got up across the table, hugged both of them. And Gary, Gary, I still remember. He's like, "I'm going to tell you one more thing, but just don't give me any more cuddles." And I was, I was so elated and so taken back by the fact that they believed in me, that they were going to give me an opportunity to, to jump with them to the next level. It was one of the most humbling experiences of my life. Man, that's awesome. So, was there a period of time? during the the year that they were transitioning when everybody was kind of like oh my gosh I don't really know like have you heard anything so like what 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 was that kind of like yeah we I remember with two or three months ago you know one of the dudes had bought a house and I was like oh maybe he maybe he knows you know like he just bought a house and he always said it was an investment um but you know he was one of our best players and you know I think all of us sort of knew he was gonna go but the rest of the guys if you told me of the four of us that went, I would have guessed not myself, um, but you know, the other three and then maybe another two, you know, like that, that ended up didn't get selected. And I think all of us were sort of just like, yeah, like we were all thinking about MLS, but at the time we also wanted to make the most of what we had. Like Mm -hmm. we were really close into guys that hung out a lot off the field as well. And I think all of us had this like belief that like, all right, no matter what, a lot of us probably are not going to be here. So let's give us, let's give our all, you know, like, let's make the most of this experience. Let's see if we can win a championship. Um, And, you know, that's one of the things too. It's like, 
I still think to this day, we probably could have just fell short. But that was the beauty of that team is, is that we all sort of had that common goal of, yes, we all wanted to, at the end of the day, make it to MLS, but we all wanted to win. You know, we all wanted right. to, to win the, the USL championship. And unfortunately, it never happened. And so when you guys transitioned to the MLS, did you feel this increased internal sense of urgency? Like, okay, now we're now we're in the big leagues. Now I've got to even step my game up even further. Did everybody have an increased sense of urgency or was that always kind of there? You know, to be honest, for me, it was, uh, I had a calmness, if that, if that makes any sense. I had that inner sense of urgency that I wanted to be better and that the expectation was for me to raise my confidence levels, to raise my my playing levels. But I had this this weird inner sense of calm that, you know, each day when I wake up and I attack sort of like being your best you, that all of the rest would sort of take take care of itself. And thanks be to God, that sort of happened. I walked into preseason and, you know, I exceeded my own expectations. You know, after the, I remember after the first two weeks, they reassessed me and were like, hey, you need to be a little bit more aggressive. You know, like the things that got you here are what got you here. You know, don't just keep, don't play like how you think we want you to play or this or that. Play what got you here and use those, the attributes that you were given and be aggressive. And I remember that sort of, that sort of flipped the switch for me. Um, that little bit of feedback because I was playing well, but you know, there was definitely a level or two that I hadn't hit yet. And I just remember feeling that sort of sense of calm of knowing my purpose each day going into practice and attacking that. Hmm. Hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I, one of the things I'm interested in, in in all different sports, but, but soccer in particular, because it's such a long season is how to handle the different emotions than that, inevitably come with a season it's funny i'm watching there's a new Derek jeter documentary on on hulu called the captain and it's it's really good and he, you know with with a baseball season it's long as hell they have 162 games and there's all inevitably going to be times where they're playing really well and inevitably going to be times where you're going through a slump and you know soccer season's super long as well and so what's the appropriate way to manage yourself and manage your emotions throughout the season so that they don't either get the best of you, whether it's too high of an emotion or too low of an emotion. That's a great question. Actually, one I've never gotten before. Wow. I mean, that's really good. So what I would say is when I was growing up, my dad, he was an athlete, like went to the Chicago Bears preseason, got hit to the point where he had his eighth concussion, seventh hemato- or second hematoma, took a year off, played professional baseball or made the professional baseball Kansas City Royals double-A team. And growing up, sports was always quintessential for me you know I was always doing something revolving around sports and he always would tell me don't get too high don't get too low and he'd always sort of put this wave in the middle and that's sort of one of the the things I always try and achieve it's like even if I have an amazing game or if you have a bad practice you always sort of have to keep an even cool right like sort of like Derek Jeter talks about he never he walked in every day and earned his spot right Mm -hmm. like he never he always he always was competing and all these different things and it's always sort of keeping that that middle ground with an edge, you know. It's like it's like a, a samurai sharpening his his swords every day, even though he may not have to go to battle. You know, you have to you have to stay cool because if you get too elated and too this, too that, you're gonna you're gonna oversee and have a narrow vision of something that you're neglecting in your game because you think other things are going really well. Or if you're too low, where I see so many young players and other people get so hard on themselves, they just sort of forget about the attributes that they're given and they just sort of focus on the mistakes. But I think another thing too would be community, you know, like the, the teammates that I have around me, 
um, you know, we're always have a positive outlook. We're always sort of lifting each other up or, you know, the captains and the leaders on our team, they really do an amazing job of keeping the locker room sort of that even keel where it's like, we're all hungry for what's next. We don't forget what we've done, but we are also in the present moment, you know, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I actually, I think that last part, I think that's key. It's because only in the past can you really get too elated or too down on yourself, right? It's like, if you just, if you're just in the present moment, nothing's currently happening. Nothing's necessarily good or bad right now. It just is rather than, rather than, you know, just living off the high of a past win or living on the down of a, of a past loss. I think, I think that's, I think that's really critical. I think that's a really great takeaway is try not to live too much off of past success or not success and just kind of try to be in the present moment. Oh, 100%. I mean, you look at any team, if they're, if they're living off their past success, then they're too cocky, right? Then a team who is at the bottom of the table could easily, easily take their place. Um, but then if they're living in the past on the failure, then they're going to stay there, right? Because yeah. sort of what you set your mind on, you're going to attract. You know, I'm 100%. a firm believer in that. And it's like when you, the power of now by, I think it's Eckhart Tolle. You know, I've read so many excerpts from that book and I bought it and just haven't read it. But it's like when you really are in the presence and you're immersed in what you're doing and you can sort of achieve that flow state, that all those good things are just going to sort of flow to you, you know? And you got to have that positive mindset. You got to believe in yourself. You got to believe in the people around you. And in a sport like soccer, where it is such a team game, you got to believe in the people around you, you know, mm-hmm. the, the minute that you sort of just either focus on yourself or different things, you don't know what world you can sort of get into. Yeah, no doubt. No, I mean, I'm a firm believer in that, like, obviously what you put your energy towards or what you put your energy on is going to largely determine what your emotions are. And if you put your energy towards a past high or past low, that's going to determine your emotions. But if you just, if you put your energy on today's practice or the next opponent, then, you know, today's practice or next opponent is not good or bad because it's, you haven't won or lost yet. It just, it just is. And so I like that. Um, I think that's super insightful. One of the things I also wanted to, to get your take on is, one of the things I think just in life in general, oftentimes people only prepare for an opportunity that they see coming rather than just in constant preparation of a potential opportunity that could arise, but they don't really have faith or belief that anything will. And the way, the way that I want to kind of translate to soccer is coming off of the bench. It's like, how do you stay physically and, and mentally ready on the bench if you don't know you have no idea if you're going to go make it to the game or not, but if your number is called, you have got to be as physically and mentally ready as humanly possible. So how can you stay physically and mentally ready for an opportunity that you have no idea whether or not it's going to present itself? Yeah, that's another good question. And one I got recently. So Dan Lovitz is the primary left back. And so um, I'm his backup and uh, he was yellow card accumulation. So that means that I had to step into the role. And a lot of the questions in the media were that it's like, so how do you prepare for, you know, each and every week and each and every game or even as a sub? And I think if you went around our locker room and you asked every single person that question, you get the same response. It's like, because one, it's our job. Two, it's who I believe God created each and every one of us to be, right? We're all people who we don't wake up and we go to training and go, yeah, I'll try in this drill or maybe I'll try in that drill. It's like, 
no, we're, we're given the blessing of an opportunity just to even be on the bench or to be able to go into the game. So it's like, you have to be ready. It's in your DNA. It's almost instinctual. It's like, it's almost like walking and breathing, or it's like planning out your day. It's like, you know, you're going to have breakfast, you know, you're going to have lunch, you're going to, you know, you're going to have dinner. Like, you know, you have to be ready to sort of step into the game and how Gary has used subs and different things. We all know that we could all go into the game. And it's also something that we always desire too. on top of that. So it's like, we all want to play. We all want to impact the team positively. So it's like that moment for us when it does come, it's like, here I am. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to help the team in the best way that I know how and hopefully come away with three points. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that you said that I wrote down that I think is insightful from a high performer point of view is, you know, I wrote down professional athletes don't pick and choose. They don't pick and choose when they're going to bring the their best foot forward. They don't pick and choose when they're going to bring the best version of themselves to the table. Because that's something that I've thought a lot about is if you can bring the best version of yourself to as many different opportunities or hopefully, you know, all the opportunities that present themselves to you, then that's when you're going to get the best outcomes. And I've thought about it as, you know, as stupid as bring the best version of yourself to the grocery store because you never know who you're going to meet. And that's not even stupid. That is 1000% true. Yes. Right. Right. That is, that is the definition of like what I think your podcast embodies and what more people need to achieve. Right. But Michael Jordan didn't go into a practice and go, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do it today. Maybe I won't. No, Tiger Woods doesn't do that. All these people who are the upper echelon of whatever, they are bringing their best version of themselves because at the end of the day, if you go to bed and you think, okay, I didn't do this today. I didn't do that. You're going to be really motivated to be the best version of yourself the following day. But some people will go to bed and think, oh, I didn't do this. And then they have to live with that regret. And Mm -hmm. that is something for, I think, any high performance person, whether you're an athlete, a surgeon, a speaker, a a trainer, whatever it is, you, you, you live with that model. You know, it's like that. It's not a fear of regret, but it's just like, I never want to touch that. You know, even, even if you have or haven't, no one wants to live that way. And it's Mm -hmm. like intrinsically built or, you know, whatever you want to say, nature, nurture, it's there and it carries people to be that high performer. Mm. Mm. So good. So good. One of the things that makes you such a special, special person and, and, you know, special athlete is the fact that you do want to give back. I think last year you won the award from the national soccer club of humanitarian of the year. And as you've already touched on how, one of the things that really got you into the game and wanted and sparked you to want to become a professional athlete is how you can make the, an impact off of the field. And you've touched on a couple of the things that you do. Um, but w- where I'm getting is I think that one of the be- biggest aspects of getting closer to the best version of yourself is not only just gaining your own knowledge, skills, and competence, but it's also building the spirit of wanting to use that knowledge, skills, and experience for the good of others, right? It's being, I use the word being reciprocal with the things that you have and and the competence that you have. And I've always been interested as to how much, it's obviously always going to be a combination of both for anything, but the nature versus nurture when it comes to kind of the spirit of wanting to give back. I guess kind of the question is, how do you think one builds the spirit or builds the willingness to want to use their 
uniqueness in the service of others. We'll be back to the interview in just a second. But first, I wanted to share a quick testimonial from a past participant of the 10-week transformation program. I started running the 10WT in the beginning of 2020 and I've had over 150 people on counting go through it and they've seen amazing results both inside and out. If you're inspired to join after listening to the testimonial, then go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. We'll get back to the episode in just a minute, but first, here's what they had to say. Hi, my name's Addison. I joined Nick's 10-week program because I was having a hard time figuring out exactly what kind of workouts I wanted to do. I used to be a college athlete, so I was used to some type of structure when I was working out. And Nick's workouts really implement a lot of different parts of athleticism. There's weightlifting, cardio, and then agility stuff. So that was something that really drew me to the program. It's been great ever since. I've done three or four now, and I'm already signed up for the next one. My favorite part, honestly, it's like good community that comes out of it. I've met a few friends through it and people that are just super encouraging that I definitely would have met otherwise. You know, there's people from all different backgrounds and ages and whatnot, so it's cool to be in a diverse group of people. My goals were like a little bit weight loss, a little bit improvement on my running. I was trying to lose 10 pounds over the 10 weeks and then um, be able to go 45 minutes um, running straight and I've actually done both of those two weeks early so I'm just in a little bonus zone so that's been great. You should join the next 10 week program. Yeah, um, well I think if you look at it we all have it within ourselves. If you watch, they did a little uh, small, not small video, but they did a video of a young boy named Colby who was involved with our Make-A-Wish. And so I've known Colby for three years he was part of Make-A-Wish during the USL days, and um, I'm actually seeing him tonight for a dinner. But if you watch how he interacts with everyone in the locker room, everyone's face lights up. You know, their heart is touched, and they're, 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 they're changed, you know? And it's like, could you say, is it them, or is it the, the situation that they're in that sort of softens, or whatever you want to call it, changes their heart? And I think we all have that within us, you know? And that call, and that that feeling to sort of give to others. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know how to explain, it. you know, it's like something that is just, it's like, it's like breathing, you know, like at yeah. some, at some level, we all realize that we're, we're not that big, you know, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, the, and, the world around us is better than, than what's in us, you know? Mm, mm, that's yeah. Well, and there's so much more to get from the world around you rather than just from what's in, from what's it's within it. you. Yeah. Yeah. 1000%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like the feeling of, for me going at, even after a loss or a win, you know, the feeling that you walk around the stadium and there are kids there who they don't care if we want to lost, you know, like they are there to experience something. And it's like, it makes whatever the result was. It's like, it, you can, you can deal with it so much easier that way, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, especially with children, man, like children are, just such a gift you know they put so many things into different perspective and they humble you and they educate you all at the same time and mm. it's like if we could all sort of hang out at a school for like a day i think we'd all like do better in our jobs and different things um even if you like kids or not because you'll eventually like you'll you'll be overtaken by the goodness mm -hmm. well honestly one of the things that you kind of revealed to me through what you said when there's kids around the locker room and everybody lights up from it and you know when i said what allows somebody to build the spirit or the willingness of wanting to give back i think a lot of times it's experiencing it 
for the first time. It's when you experience it for the first time and you realize not just what it does for the other person, but what it does for yourself, then you want to do it more. And that's kind of like to an extent of what happened to you is you experienced what giving can do for somebody else and for yourself when you watched the My Wish thing. Obviously, it wasn't you in the situation, but you still experienced it from an external point of view. And, and that gave you even more spirit and more willingness to want to do that for other people. And so I think if people experience it for the first time, that'll spark them to do it more. You hit it right on the head. Perfect. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Let's, I want to, yeah, let's, I want to finish with this. Uh, before, it's not the last question, but have you, you've talked, you know, a couple times in this podcast now about your faith and about God and, and how the, he has worked in your life to kind of bring you to where you are today. Do you personally get any flack, negative feedback from, players other teams like crap from like crap from other uh players and other teams or just like just general negative feedback for it and if so how do you block it out yeah that's a really good question that's twice i think you've asked me questions no one's ever asked me um but yes i have i won't say at what point in my career but there was one time where i was i was posting bible verses and different things and i just remember you know some people came in and were like like, I got to unfollow you, I got to do this, or I got to mute you or something like that. And, you know, like, I know, I know some people will use the example of like, well, you know, Paul was crucified for Christ and all these different things. And it's like, brother, my, me receiving that small little bit of, you know, whatever is nowhere near in comparison to proclaiming my faith in front of a Roman assembly where I may be or may not be crucified. But it is the small thing that I'm called to strengthen my faith and that's how i see it it's something where you know what like i don't want to push i don't believe in pushing religion right i just believe in expressing my faith um and i express my faith because i know how many times god has saved me it's like almost doing an in-service if i were not to talk about him before i have not to praise him before i were not to talk about him because of all the good things he's done and if anything i want those good things to happen for other people you know, I want everyone to experience the love and joy and kindness that comes from the heart of Christ. And I know that, you know, like I got nothing, like I grew up Catholic, I got nothing against Catholicism, but you know, like when I was in, in college, you know, I, 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 I struggled with my faith because I felt the need to feel like I had to be perfect. You know, I remember sitting in this, this Catholic campus ministry and being like, some girl was talking about, I forget what it was, like the Victoria's Secret fashion show or something like that. And I was like, yeah, Justin Bieber's performing. And she's like, you're going to watch that? And I was like, am I not allowed to? You know, like, I felt like always, but that was a personal thing, not anything on them. And I remember once I got to Nashville and I read this book recently called Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. And it talks about sort of the heart of Christ is this, this beautiful heart that when we think we sin, we're subtracted from Christ. But in actuality, he's really pulling us to him even more. It's like no guilt, no dirt, no shame, no anything can take us away from God. It's the opposite. He's actually calling us more into him. And it's like any small little thing that anyone says to me or does to me, if anything, it's going to strengthen my faith towards him because I'm going to lean more on God and ask him for wisdom and guidance. How do I handle this situation? How do I do this without either approaching it with anger or this or that, whatever it is? And I think another thing too, a beautiful thing about playing in the South is that so many people are believers. You know, like I've gotten to 
meet with either young kids or, or families or different people who have been like, man, like that Bible verse you posted today really touched me. Or like, you know, like they were able to see Christ through their struggle. Um, one kid just went through an ACL tear and I was sort of working with, with him and his family a little bit and, you know, just to like lean in on Christ. And I learned more from him than I could have taught him, you know? And he was like, yeah, man, like this is what God is doing. I'm like, dude, wow. So any, any small little thing like that, you just brush it aside, man. You know, you, 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 if anything, it makes you love God even more, you know, because you, you turn to him more. That's awesome. That's a, that's a good approach. It's a, it's a very cool, calm, collected, and um, humble approach. And I think that's really cool. I think it's really cool. Well, Taylor, before I ask the last question, man, I just want to acknowledge you for the reasoning why you wanted to get into professional sports in the first place to help have this you know, see it as an ability to have a platform to to serve others and, and to lift others up um, and to to give something to them and, and therefore then experience what they are able to give you back in, in return. And I want to acknowledge you for your career as well, like becoming, getting the MLS, being signed by the MLS team when they made the transition. I know that was something that was not offered to a lot of people and it was something that you didn't even necessarily uh, maybe expect, but want to acknowledge you for putting in the hard work necessary to uh, be able to be able to get that that contract so that's awesome humbling words coming from you man because for me like what you do um it that's like the the ultimate goal you know like you are literally taking what you're learning applying it showing people that they can live a better life like to me that is the goal of what i think we live to do you know and and looking at your instagram the things like i knew about the golf thing before you you said it because it was in one of your like circles and I was like, dang, he's really applying this to every avenue. I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta sharpen my tools, you know? Like I gotta I gotta reassess what areas I'm neglecting because it's like that's awesome. It's it's amazing to see. Well, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Well, if you guys don't follow Taylor on Instagram yet, make sure you go follow him at Taylor Washington. Lots uh, of puppy pictures. Lots of puppy pictures. that's awesome man that's awesome um and obviously if you're in nashville make sure you go to a nashville soccer club game i've been to two or three now in the new stadium and it is a blast i mean it was cool in nissan stadium but it was just such a big stadium but in the new park and it is awesome it's electric there's not a bad seat in the house the experience is great and so you guys need to make sure you go check it out if you have not yet already but taylor last question here is I think that to get closer to the best version of yourself is both a constant journey and a unique journey. I don't think that we ever actually get to the best version of ourselves. And I also think that the way that I'm going to journey towards the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So the last question is for you personally, if there were three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to that best version of Taylor Washington that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? I love that. I think you hit it on the head and I hate to steal it, but it's like recognizing your own path and walking it. Like you said, what works for you may not work for me. And I think once we realize sort of who we are, when we start to love each, love ourselves more, when we start to realize the way that I, how I, I think is how God made me to be and how I can be the best version of who I am in my career and my relationships in my day-to-day life, I think we can sort of sharpen our skills in those areas. And then because we sharpen our skills in, in the major things, 
then we can focus on the small things. The second thing I would do is how you said it. It's like, if I'm going to the grocery store, I want to be the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like, for me, it's like sort of taking a deep breath before I walk into situations. For me, it's praying. For me, it's, you know, being in constant prayer. I will say this, growing up Catholic, we do know how to, how to pray certain things. So staying in constant prayer, staying in that constant thought of always being the best version of you and recognizing that like we can always sort of reach a higher version of ourselves. And I think you hit it too. Like we're never going to be the best version of ourselves, but there's a beauty in that as well, that like we can continue to chase for it. And even though we may not, may not achieve it, it's like, it's like a runner running a race in a movie. And that, that guy like sacrifices his life to you know push another runner to cross the finish line. You know, there's sort of that beauty in that, not achieving that. And then three, I would say is, it, and I need more help Lord knows than anything. It's like, once we get over ourselves, I'm, I'm giving a talk tomorrow to the lips from soccer kids uh, team. And I'm like, once I realized I had to get over myself, you know, the pride, the, whatever it is, the ego, mm-hmm. it is in that moment that you realize once you start living for other people or a higher purpose, you sort of see the blessings and the different things around you. And you start to notice the, the breath of, or the smell of the flowers. You know, you start to notice the little things around you. That sort of just make your days a little bit better. And then it's like you said, experiencing the, that community thing makes it means so much more. And you, you live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Mm, yeah, those are good. I, I like that last one, get, o- get over yourself more. I mean, that, that's so true. That's so true. It's one of those things where it's like you are obviously super important as an individual, but it's like nobody – like get over yourself <laughs> yeah there's there's a great quote from van wilder which i know is like probably one of the it's one of my favorite movies one of the funniest movies but it's like don't take life too seriously because you'll never get out alive yeah, yeah you know seriously. it's like yeah be as hard nosed as getting better but also realize i can breathe you know yeah. it's it's a it's a, it's a, always a delicate balance to try to like emotionally handle that and also like practically how do you apply that on a, on a day-to-day basis right it's like yes like work to get better but also like don't take yeah like, like you said, said don't yeah, take yourself don't. too seriously and, and don't get all emotionally bent out of shape if, if things don't go things, the way they do things, exactly exactly yeah exactly 100 um well great stuff today taylor i know everybody is gonna absolutely love it so you guys make sure you go follow taylor on instagram if you don't already at Taylor Washington and make sure that you use the gifts that you have and and follow your own path. Like you said, recognize your own path, follow it and do what you can to uh, be in service of others. But Taylor, that's all I got today, man. I really appreciate it. Dude, Nick, this was an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. That was such an inspiring and motivating interview. With Taylor, I just love his spirit of wanting to become a professional player because he realized the platform it gave him to then have the opportunity to give back in a big way. Make sure you share this episode with a friend or family member by sending them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. Send it to someone that you know is maybe a big soccer fan or maybe a big national soccer club fan or someone who needs, needs guidance in their life or someone who's looking to take their life to the next level and maybe just needs an uplifting message. Just send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And remember, never get too high or too low. Keep your emotions cool, calm, and collected by staying in the present moment. And remember, you can't pick and choose when to show up as your best self if you want to become your best you. 
you have to both show up and show out as frequently as possible. Professional athletes don't have the ability to pick and choose what drills, practices, or games that they show up for, so you can't do the same either if you want to get closer to the best version of themselves. They have to bring their best foot forward every single time. What if you did the same? For now, it's time. It's time to take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of you, to live in the present moment, and to recognize your path and follow it, because that's what's going to allow you to continue to get closer and closer to your best you. Best you.